Jameson, glad we can make this happen, man. Thanks for joining. Um, we talked about this probably a year or two ago at an Ashi conference. No, like wasn't, yeah. was that Vegas? Yeah, that was Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we had a great chat there. Um, that was a great conference. Um, and then we just finally made it happen after Olivia just got back from your new England conference, right? Yep. Yeah. We just had a conference, uh, for Ashy new England. Uh, it was about a hundred people. We do like a bigger meeting once, once a year. Okay. Right on. So you're the chapter president. Is that right? Yeah. I'm currently okay. Ashy new England president. Yeah. Yeah. How did that, how did that smaller conference go? Like, um, from your perspective, went really well. I mean, for, for a smaller group, I mean, we had like a, over a hundred people there. So, um, we were happy with that, especially we're a little bit worried going in given, uh, you know, how things have been for home inspectors in new England lately that we, our numbers would have been down and some of our kind of regular attendees had told us that, um, you know, that they won't be going. So we're, we kind of had a typical number, uh, which we were very happy with given, given the, the nature of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like what the kind of vibe sentiment, you know, cause you, you probably talked to a lot of those, those members. Right. And so like, yeah, do you get a sense for if people are slightly optimistic or are people beat down at this point? Cause it's, you know, these interest rates have been at seven plus percent now for a minute. I think, I think everyone's to some extent, you know, feeling a little bit of, uh, a, a pain in new England. It's, um, you know, even if you're, you know, a better kind of more, uh, busy business, I think right now it's just, it, things are just down in the market in general. So, um, there's so many different factors. It's really hard to, to figure out exactly what's going on, but I think generally people, most people were doing better in the past. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of us are expecting it to recover, but, uh, I think just right now we're still kind of in a, in a low spot. Yeah. And is it, is it true? I've only been to the Northeast, you know, once or twice in the context of like a conference or to meet with home inspectors and there's more tenured inspectors that have been doing it longer in the Northeast is the sense I get than in some like Western or Southern States where there's like big influxes of like new inspectors. Is that, does that seem accurate? Yeah. The barriers to entry are a big part of that. Like, you know, um, I think there's just over a thousand people who have ever been licensed in mass. And, uh, so there's probably like five to 600 active home inspectors, which is a small number. And a big part of it is the licensing. I mean, there, there's definitely plenty of inspectors. Like, um, I don't think anyone's busy beyond what they can handle. So it it sounds like a low number, but I think in most states, it's probably the same percentage wise, but there's a lot less people who just jump into the industry and try it yeah. uh, because it's so hard to get into that. You really, you really have to be devoted. Like we have a lot of uh, home inspector courses where people go through the whole course, like expecting to be a home inspector. And it's like a tiny percentage actually make it. So there's a lot of people interested, but uh, it's, it's tough to, to make it all the way to being licensed. Like, like, why do you think that is? Cause if, cause a lot of times perspective inspectors will listen to this pod or watch it. I'm curious, like what stops many of them from going from like getting licensed and getting in the industry, they get scared off by like the technicality or. No, it's um, so like to be a, a licensed home inspector in mass, you need to obviously pass the national exam. You need to be insured like most of the normal things. But the biggest thing is there, we have almost like an apprenticeship. And so essentially what you're supposed to do uh, in my, my personal understanding from being in board meetings with the state, that sort of thing, uh, is you're supposed to essentially watch an inspector inspect for whatever period it is. It could be six months, you know, just to understand how to do an inspection. And then once you're able to actually do an inspection, you're supposed to do 25 with them watching you. And then uh, after that point, you're supposed to do 100 indirectly supervised. Wow. Uh, so it's essentially 125 recorded inspections, but it ends up being a lot more because to get to the 25, 
you need to do a lot of them. And um, that, you know, it it's tough because if, if I'm going to indirectly supervise or even sign off on those 25, uh, like I want to know that what the person's learned and, you know, what, um, you know, kind of what stage they're at. Uh, so there's some inspectors that are nice enough to train someone, um, you know, that is not their employee, but uh, you don't really, you're taking a big risk and your business is not profiting that much. Right. So it's, um, uh, most people who get trained are employees, you know, yeah. in other words, like you're really relying on uh, tenured inspectors to make sure you know what you know. And it's not like that in other states. So uh, I find that there's less inspectors. And I mean, in all honesty, the quality of inspector is much higher, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see that like higher barriers to entry. I mean, that's some of, that's one of the higher numbers I've heard in terms of apprenticeship. I think PA is up there too, with like, you know, hundred plus, um, yeah. talking to Bill over there in PA shout out Bill. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious. So like at a conference like this, um, tenured inspectors, they've seen, they've probably been through a recession or two. So a lot of them probably were not panicking, but I guess the vibe is like, all right, let's ride this out and kind of see where it goes. Huh? Yeah, I would say our uh, group is is pretty aged. So it's actually, I think a lot of them are more like um, towards the end of their careers. So it's, sure. it's they're not really uh, necessarily motivated to take up all new avenues of marketing and that sort of thing, you know. Right. They've been living off their reputation for years. So uh, I think it's a little discouraging for them because they haven't had to market in a long time. And now all of a sudden it's like a thing again. Um, but for me, you know, I haven't been in business for 20 years. So I, I just, uh, I'm kind of still doing the same things. And I probably experienced, I would guess, less of a drop because of that. Uh, yeah. You know, anything I'm doing marketing wise, like that's not working, I'm changing anyway. So it's a little bit easier uh, for, I think, some of the newer people to to figure out solutions. Yeah. So I was talking to someone, I couldn't remember but it was about kind of the sea change that's happening if we're in a high interest rate environment for like a year or two. And like, to your point, the older inspectors that have never had to market really, maybe ever, you know, I've talked to some with that never marketed in my life. It's going to get tougher and tougher the next year or two. So do you, how far do you think we are into that, that kind of changing of the guard? Um, you know, not that all inspectors over 50 or 60 are just going to retire. Many of them will stick it, stay in there. But some will. There's, I think there's going to be some forced retirements in the next year or two. Yeah, it's, I I think some some realtors have short memories, and it's like if they're not using anyone for like a big big thing in mass is waived inspections. So mm. I think when it's still happening. Talk, oh still yeah, happening. man. Yeah. So it's very competitive here. Uh, last year, it was somewhere around like eighty percent of the inspections were being waived. And that was actually, from my business's perspective, last year was worse than this year because even though the rates weren't bad, uh, it was just way too competitive. Oh. And so now that the rates have gone up, like it's kind of a balance where some houses are so competitive, the inspection's still being waived. Some are sort of in the middle and are more like a traditional uh, purchase. And then there's some where there are they're actually able to negotiate, which it's been a while since that's happened. So the rates have like maybe leveled the playing field, but the the group of actual inspections that needs to happen has drastically kind of shrunk. So um, it's closer to normal, but it's still something where, you know, inspections, inspections being waived, I don't think are going to go away. Just a constrained supply. Yeah, it's the same old story um, in almost every market. I want to go back to the association thing. What what made you want to be chapter president? How'd that process go? Like what, like why why do that? I'm I'm always curious. Well, I, I mean, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I I've gained a lot from the chapter, and it's you know it's sort of one of those things where um, I do want to give back, and I want it to keep thriving. Essentially, uh, I'd like to see a lot of like new people join, um, but it's. Uh, I kind of ended up doing it just from, you know, you volunteer for something small and then you get more and more involved. And, uh, 
I, I think originally they were just asking, they were like, we need a Facebook account kit. Can anyone set up a face, <laughs> Facebook? And it was like, like you're like, I know how. He I said, know. Any, is anyone under 40? And I raised my <laughs> hand and he said, okay, you're setting up the Facebook. So that's actually how I, I ended up getting involved. And, uh, you that's know, one role after another, you know, now I'm, uh, I'm in this position. So it's, you know, it's, it is a lot of work. Um, but it's, it's also, I think there's a lot of benefit from it. You know, if I look at the amount of time I'm putting into ASHI and the amount of, uh, help I get from my business, whether it's referrals from other inspectors or information, best practices, like it's easily one of the better things that I could do with my time. Uh, you know, I get a lot back from it. So, um, we have a strong group, you know, we're one of the oldest ASHI chapters, um, and so I, I don't, you know, regardless of what association you're part of, like I see a lot of these guys who I think go out and just operate. And I think you can do that. You can learn the standards and operate and you can grow and have a great business. But like, there's also this like sort of check and balance you get being part of a group where it's like, you don't realize you're not doing something until you hear it from another inspector. And so the more, uh, kind of close relationships you can have with other home inspectors. I think that's the best way to realize like, oh, I'm not doing that and I should be, or, oh, I, I need to improve on this. And um, I think the the sort of dangerous way of operating is just being your own independent thing and doing the same thing uh, over time and not really looking back and comparing yourself to other people. I think you really need to check yourself, you know? It's an isolating industry, 100%. And so I, I was, you answered my next question of like the value of associations and chapters that are kind of active and thriving. And I think that's a huge one, the networking, the checking um, of just what you're doing. <laughs> if yeah. it's like sound, if it's working. Because um, to me, ideation is like the most fun part of any mastermind or group that you could be a part of. It's just brainstorming together. Yeah. Um, so I guess... I have a question around kind of like the value of associations in general. Did you, were you always a part of Ashi from the beginning? Yeah. So I, uh, I was with another company for five years and mm -hmm. uh, they got me into Ashi right away. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, we have monthly training to do anyway. And it's, it's sort of like a cool part of the industry because we would meet in our chapter, um, like goes to a hotel, we have dinner, we have pre presenters, oh, you know, it's, it's sort of like That's cool. education aimed towards business owners. Like, you know, um, it's, it's enjoyable. And half the time you learn more at the bar talking to other people than you do during the educational presentation. So I've like been obsessed with it, continuing ed wise since the beginning, but you know, I do tons of online stuff. I, you know, I listen to tons of podcasts. It's like, there's, there's definitely uh, many ways to get great education. It's just, it it has been part of my company since the beginning. They're lucky to have you because typically any either chapter leaders or presidents I've met are like lifers, you know, they're 60, 70 years old. And so was there any resistance at first being the young, the kind of the young kid on the block or were they more like, no, dude, teach us Facebook, teach us the online world? No, it's, it's. Uh, it's sort of interesting because like, um, I would say my business is different than a lot of ASHI members. So there's stuff they've had me do like one meeting, I gave a presentation about infrared cameras. Uh, you know, I gave a meeting about marketing and it's not stuff that like, I don't want to hear myself talk and I don't want to prepare a presentation, but it was stuff there like they wanted the information and they requested it of me and I'm happy to do it. So. I think it's not so much, I mean, there's guys in the room with a lot more technical information than me, and that's totally fine. And many people have done more inspections than me, but it's about like, you know, I guess identifying our differences and saying like, okay, this is what I can learn from you. And the group has always been super supportive um, of, of me and of, uh, you know, I would say any newer, younger members. It's, it's a very like supportive, um, group of of inspectors for sure and anyone in the northeast kind of can join right new england any of the new england states yeah yeah so we're 
um, most of our meetings are in Waltham, which is like greater Boston. Sometimes we're out in Western Mass, like our big conference was in Western Mass. But uh, we have guys from Rhode Island and Connecticut and uh, New Hampshire. You know, there's a couple other groups in the area that are good too. But, um, you know, we, we do have some guys travel to go to our group. So that's great. Yeah. Olivia had great things to say about the experience and the people she talked to and met, um, you know, which is why I reached right out. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we meant to do the pod. Yeah, it was a, it was a good conference. We tried some different things like, you know, um, I tried to bring to the conference like what I think I do well. So we we had we had a GoPro and we did some filming of inspections and like basically had everyone criticize it in the audience and it was it was fun like you know did different things wrong or did maybe go went above and beyond the standards you know just to talk about like where the line is and um it's just fun like you know usually it's a lecture type standards of practice conversation it was very different and I was using Spectora on my phone because I know a lot of guys are interested in like how do you write a inspection so they got to see it so it was it was different you know but um it, it was a fun conference for sure oh that's awesome i just love anyone that's shaking things up a little because conferences by like definition are like they start out boring and then we have to be creative and innovate and think about ways to spice them up um because you know there's going to be just some boring sessions at every conference that's just you got we got to accept that so i like that you're injecting some of some of your ideas and creativity into it yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've done the same thing 20 times in a row. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to shake it up at some point. Yeah. Um, I want to shift into kind of the business ownership side of things. So like you said, you know, you've been impacted this year, but maybe not as bad as some, like what, what do you attribute that to? Is it the marketing kind of ground game or like, what do you think you do differently? That's kind of helped you hang in there this year. Yeah. I, I would say like, I've, I've probably tried just about everything, you know, that I could do marketing wise, you know, I've done radio and newspaper and mailers and, you know, um, <laughs> networking groups and just like, um, I've sort of always just tried every avenue I could think of and then see what works. Um, and I think the last couple of years, I've really like just focused entirely on like, uh, local presence, um, I'm in like kind of a smaller community. I'm in Gloucester, which is, it's, it's like an old, uh, old fishing town. And, um, a lot of the people locally just know this person and that person, mm. they don't necessarily want to hire someone from out of town. So, you know, I would say the the best stuff has been all, you know, local, like meeting people, just expanding my network, you know, not so much, you know, I think we've all tried yelp and google and that stuff and some of it works to some extent but um i feel like nothing works as well as just like getting involved in your community and and trying to meet people however you can you know it's um you never really know when a referral is going to come come in and where where it's really going to come from so you know if you can just meet people uh and connect with people it's it's probably the best way um with the exception of like, you know, if you're really doing a top-notch inspection, like the, the experience of the client is like, you know, the best referral that there is. And I think any home inspector would agree with that, but it's like, um, like even your friends and family, when they refer you, they're like, Oh, use Jameson. He's great. You know, uh, but they've never been on an inspection with you. Right. Like once if a client has been like gone through your process and really been sort of wowed, like they, they won't stop talking about you for years. So it's like, that's always been the best resource, but it's like, how, how do you get new clients? How do you get new first inspections with agents or with clients? And um, so that's where it comes into just meeting people locally. Yeah. So like, I want to get to client experience in a second, because that's like a good conversation around like what that means and, and ideas around it. Like, what are some examples of some like local events or things where you've just like serendipitously met people or intentionally, you know, met people? Like there's a good example is like, um, uh, like a chamber of commerce, like I'm, mm. I'm involved in the chamber of commerce, but you know, 
lately I've been busy. So it's like, I haven't been to many events, but I find like that group, for example, if you don't go to the events, if you're not like, uh, they have zoom calls or in-person meetings, like you'll, you'll get referrals from it, but you just have to get out there and actually be there, be present. And a lot of times it's like, um, uh, you're, you're not even talking about home inspections, but you're just like kind of making new connections. And, you know, every time I take the time to go to a meeting, like I, something comes from somewhere as a result, like some new connection. So, um, I think people genuinely want to help, help you out. And that, you know, if they just know you exist and they know you're around, it's always a, a potential way to get a new job. Yeah. When I think of like, chamber of commerce meetings or charity events, like insert anything that's happening in your town, sometimes just showing up and asking a few questions, shaking a few hands, like that's the bare minimum. And I think anyone can do that. It's like, you don't, you don't have to be an extrovert, right. To, to kind of say, ask a few people, a few questions and kick off a conversation. No. And I mean, there's people who uh, are trying to do business to business sales in those groups and, you know, they'll approach you. You don't even have to like really be too outgoing you know you're going to have conversations and um it's sort of like you know they might tell you about their business and then that's an opportunity for them to ask you questions so yeah i think showing up is really the basis of what it takes for for a lot of those meetings yeah and sometimes asking how can i help you um, as an inspector even though you're there to get business it's kind of counterintuitive but some inspectors i, I get that question all the time of like well what do I ask? What do I talk about? And it's like, well, it shouldn't be scripted. It can just be like, Hey, what do you do? How can I help you out? What's working for you? And I think that taking that genuine interest in others is kind of like part of the playbook, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think if you are shy, I'm, I'm like, like I said, I do a lot of podcasts, a lot of, uh, audio books. There's plenty of books, audio books about how to talk to people that can, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Really, it really make it simple for you. You don't, you don't have to come up with some great sales pitch. You just got to listen yeah. and let them talk. For sure. So you mentioned client experience. So I want to dig into this a little bit because I, I know new inspectors aren't usually sure what that even means because they're just like, you're just doing an inspection, right? You just do the inspection and give them the report. And we've had so many guests on this podcast that actually think of even that even using the word client experience shows they're thinking about what that home buyer is going through, which to me shows that they have some service element or some empathy. So like, can you talk me through like the evolution of like, even when you first started, how you started to think about wowing that client. So then they do give you referrals. Like how did you start thinking about client experience in the first place? So, um, yeah, sort of like, uh, sometimes you have to self-reflect and think about, okay, like if I'm a new buyer, like, you know, what's my experience like with the first call? What's my experience like booking a job? You know, if a lot of, a lot of times you'll see in reviews, like, Oh, it was so easy to book, or there's different things that you wouldn't even think about that, you know, from a client's perspective is important to them. So, um, I guess like, um, I guess it's something that like, you, you always need to like refine and, and change, you know, here and there it's um, the, you know, like just the first phone call, it's like the, the way that I used to greet and talk to a client the first time is so different than now. And it, you know, it's constantly changing. And I know I, I have a bit of uh, sales in my background and, you know, to me, when I'm going to like a store to buy something, right. Like, what I need is the information to buy like the right thing. And so mm. that's kind of my focus is like, you know, a client calls me, it's not to hear my sales pitch. It's like, they have certain things that they're like trying to figure out. And it's like, you can usually hear what they are, you know, if, if you're a good listener right away. And like, you know, they might say something like, Hey, what's your price? Or, Hey, you know, I'm calling around to a few inspectors. I wanted to get some information. So like, you know, price is one thing but like if they're calling around they want to know what makes you different you know what are your unique selling uh reasons like uh your unique usps or whatever they are so um you know you need to be able to say okay like 
I know who you're going to call because you're in my area and these are the things that make me good. And, you know, a lot of times those conversations, like if you can listen and really answer their questions well, they might start off with, I'm going to call 10 people. And then by the end, they're like, okay, let's, let's book it for, you know, they're, they're done with their phone calls. Like if you've answered their questions properly, like they're not going to keep shopping necessarily. So um, I think the most important thing is just to, to, to listen and to not, you know, not do all the talking, figure out what they want to know and just give them the information they need to purchase your services. Um, because like I said, that's, that's the easiest way to sell yourself is figure out what they want to know. And then after that, that's the time to say, okay, here's what you need to know beyond what you're asking about. Um, I think from there, like, there's obviously with Spectora, a lot of things are automated, you know, as far as like the follow-up emails and that sort of thing, getting them ready to sign the agreement, that sort of thing, um, issuing payment, explaining all the different things that needs to be prepped in the house. That stuff is like, it's not just about the client experience. It's also about like, in my mind, liability, because there's different things that I say in there that are from negative experiences that like protect me and it's like you know it might be a small sentence and they're like hey let me know if there's something uh particular about the inspection like if you don't want us to show up early and it's like there's been times where it's very bad to show up early hmm. and you know just having that line in there it's just a prompt to tell the client you know if if you don't want us to do this you need to tell us because that's what we do every inspection so there's um that to me can avoid big headaches and that's another way to have a positive experience and then i think you know every inspector sort of like hyper focuses on everything they do during the inspection uh and you know has their own process that they think about and change all the time and that's kind of a whole nother probably more important part of the inspection for the client yeah yeah i mean there's so much gold in what you just said um i think that not if you find yourself talking too much on any sales call, you're probably losing the sales call. Like you're, you're, you're not winning the battle. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. I know, uh, we all know inspectors, right. Some of them can get long winded. And so like just a, a PSA for ones that are booking their own inspections, sometimes flipping it around and saying, what's important to you. I love that. And I really love answering, giving them information to make a good decision. And we even teach that as Spectora, like, hey, we're not selling people on software. We're trying to give them all the info of what we are and what's out there. And then they arrive at a decision and we have to live with it. And if we don't win, we don't win. Um, so I, I I think that's that's gold for inspectors to internalize that. Um, the on-site, are you, are you one that kind of like inspects while letting the client kind of be on your shoulder behind you? Or do you kind of set ground rules as to when they bother you? I'm always curious. I always love hearing inspectors, different preferences with this. Yeah. I, I'm very educational and very interactive. Uh, I think that's like, it's more of a challenge from a home inspector's perspective. Like, um, like if I say a client is not there for whatever reason, like it's an easier inspection for me, no doubt. It's uh, um, it's totally uh, it's it's totally multitasking when you have them there. You're talking about the problem, you know. You're looking at the problem. You're documenting it. So <laughs> it's much more challenging. But for them, I think it's essential because, like, you don't know what's going to happen with your client when you leave that inspection. You don't know if they're going to open your report or read your report. I mean, we have things we can do to try to make that happen. But to me, it's like, you know, I tell them not just about what problems I'm finding, but I educate them about the home. And I also tell them what I'm looking at, like as I'm looking at it. So like you can walk up to an electrical panel and, you know, the client has no idea what you're looking at. So like it's say it's a perfect electrical panel. Like if you take the cover off, you look at it, you know, you put it back on. I know that's a touchy subject, but whatever you do and then you say nothing, that's like a failed opportunity because it's like, you know, if you're going through things and saying, oh, yeah, it looks like everything's labeled. Looks like you got all the screws in there. You take the cover off. You're saying, OK, I'm just checking like the wire sizes or I'm checking for this or checking for that. Like now you're 
you're doing two things. You're like, you're telling them what's not, not wrong, which I think is important because we're doing so much negative kind of discussion that it does help to say things are positive. And then also like, you know, when, when there's a problem later, you know, if, if you did your job and you talked about everything, be like, huh, I wonder if that, like he said, he looked at that. So like, did that happen after, you know, there's, there's a value in just talking about what you're looking at and them seeing you do your job because um, the reality is I think 90% of clients think they had a good inspection after the inspection's done regardless. And people like get that immediate feedback and, Oh, it was positive. I did a good job. That's not, that's not the reality. The, the feedback is like two years later, is that client still pleased with you? Because most clients are going to say they had a good inspection because they, they just don't know any better. But when they move into the house, that's the real test. Like, you know, are they still satisfied with you down the road? And, and it's much harder. And I think inspectors are not as good at thinking about that part of things. 100%. I love that you brought this up because I think on a previous pod, someone said like, they're not going to remember what you said, but remember how they felt. And I, that's what that made me think of when you, I picture you talking your thoughts out to someone as you're showing them something to me, that might be the only thing they're like, man, Jameson took care of me. He like helped teach me some recommended him for life. That might be it. It might yeah. not even matter how many defects are on there or if they got, you know, if they uh, got credits or concessions or not, I think, just having that buyer shoes mentality. Um, I don't, it's not common. I wouldn't even say it's maybe the majority or norm. I think the special inspectors and the ones that are winning are doing that. And so um, I could see that being a big differentiator for you of like, I'm going to take the time to talk to you <laughs> while I'm doing this. Yeah. And then, you know, if something does go wrong and it's beyond what we look at, like you almost have a, educated client where they can say no he looked at this this and this but he specifically said he can't look at that you know oh man that just makes me think of um you know hvac guy comes out a year later and says oh your inspector should have caught this or your inspector blah 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 the usual you know the sometimes the contractors like to throw our industry under the bus then the home buyer could be more educated to be like oh no he wasn't supposed to yeah I, yeah I, and i mean i i uh i think the client if the client leaves, like knowing very little about you, it's a missed opportunity. And like, I think regardless of how good of a job you did, you, you definitely have more liability if you don't build the relationship. So to me, that's like part of why I do what I do. It's harder, but you know, you just got to be sort of methodical and like, okay, you document before you talk and you do the same things every way. You have a very strict process. And I think you can do both, even though it's harder. And I think you're much better off for it, you know? So did you like kind of, was it hard at first, like going through your template and documenting everything while talking, like did the muscle memory just get better over time? Cause like some new inspectors struggle, I think with like the stopping to talk, getting back into the app. Um, some are like religiously against it because they think it'll distract them and help them make them do a worse job. How did you get better at that over time? I think like what I did was I sort of transitions in, in stages. So like we were using before Spectora and I've probably been using Spectora for like six years or so, like oh, since early on when you Earlier. guys started becoming pop, popular, but you know, we were, we were coming from uh, a software where we just took a bunch of pictures and I'd get home and have, you know, 300 pictures to sort through and it, right. it would be a mess. So I did it sort of in stages where it's like the first rule I had was, okay, every picture I take goes into the report. Like, I'm not going to have a library, you know, I'm not going to have like, a because every time I have to go back and go through that long list of like, why did I take this? Why did I take that? I felt like it was going back to the old way. So like I would put pictures in the wrong comments all the time and I'd be like, well, I'll just flag the comment and I'll get back, you know? <laughs> so that was like step one. And then over time it became like, okay, now I'm going to make sure everything's in the right spot. You know, that's my main goal. And then after that, it's like, okay, now I'm going to do that. And I'm going to draw the arrows during the inspection. It's like little tiny chunks of the more I can do on site. And I just built it over time. And it's like, I would say I'm still 
I'm still in that transition, like six years in where it's like, I'm always thinking about like, what, what else, what else can I do? How, how can I do it uh, on site? And it's like, it's just baby steps where if you start off having like one goal and just try to do that to speed it up a little bit, then, you know, every goal you get past, you're going to be faster and faster. So that's such great advice. I, some try and do it cold Turkey overnight. And it's like, it's hard to do many things all at once, hundred percent. Like if you're going from slotting pictures at home to 100% on site, that's kind of setting yourself up to fail. Um, so over the years, you know, post COVID boom, obviously, like, did you ever consider hiring and expanding or is the area kind of only support kind of like just you in the field? Like, are there any thoughts of kind of growing? Well, so, uh, mainly because of timing, uh, I've, I've thought about, you know, do I want to grow that sort of thing? Um, but it's, it's sort of like, so when I started my own company, it was three years ago. So I worked with the other company for a while and then I, right. and they used Sector too. So, um, I, uh, I was working with them, started my own company. The first year was like kind of surprisingly busy because it was like the first year of COVID and like every single real estate agent, even if they did like one transaction a year, normally they were doing like tons of transactions. So, um, so I had a good first year. And then the second year, was when people started really waving them, you know, so a couple years ago. Right. So I was able to like sustain the same level of business, but like it took a lot of work to like get there because like every agent that I had that was, did, you know, 20 transactions in the first year of COVID, like they had two. So it's like the amount of contacts I needed had to grow. Thankfully, I grew it enough to have like basically a repeat of the first year. Uh, so I, I think market share, I was growing a lot, but um, the amount of inspections was not growing. And then this year has been pretty, pretty similar to last year, better, better than last year. But, you know, it's still like it's kind of like my thought process has been like when things go back to normal, I know a lot of guys who are retiring or have retired already like even in my area. And it's like, there is the thought now it's like, how are we going to handle it when it gets back to normal? Because it's, um, I think it will, uh, it will be challenging. I, I, New England's a little bit different because of the properties. Uh, like I've always joked, it'd be easier to have like a whole second business with employees than to have employees in this company. Cause it's like <laughs> the houses are so challenging. It's, you know, you walk into like a, I've inspected house back to the 1600s. So it's like, you know, you walk into like a 1700s property and it's like, you know, it was built by just people in the town, not by like builders or contractors. Oh and, it's like, and then it's over the years, it's had 10 different types of wiring in it and all these different types of fuel systems. It's just like information overload. And that's, re it's really hard to teach. Uh, I think like you can, but you know, it's, um, I think it's a much higher learning curve. Like we don't have a lot where we can say, okay, I'm just going to have them do this. It's like every day is so different. Um, it's, you know, like, you know, 1940s, then the 1700, then a condo that's brand new. It's like, uh, there's not a lot of consistency. So you can't even take like a portion of your work and say, I'm just going to have them do condos. Cause like, we don't have very much new construction. We don't have that many condos in my area. So it's, it's a challenge, but uh, it's definitely a consideration. I think like any business you have to think about like, okay, I, I have to grow or I'm just going to shrink, you know? So uh, it's about how to do that and what's the best way to do that. Yeah. Inspectors in the West and South need to count their lucky stars. They're not inspecting homes like hundreds of years old. Um, yeah. There's, although, there's barely any that exist. <laughs> although, I, you know, we don't have like scorpions and, and <laughs> that's true. Like that. there's, there's trade-offs. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what ancillary services are popular kind of like in mass and then kind of like in the Northeast? I don't, I'm not even positive. Like obviously there's no, are there termite inspections or no? Yeah. No so we uh, we have we don't have dry wood termites at all. Mm -hmm. 
we only only have subterranean termites and like uh, okay. we do have term we do have wood destroying insect inspections um which i do uh we do have a lot of radon so i do radon testing uh i i do some mold sampling uh the tricky part about molds is it's like there's a mold inspection that's popular in my area and it's sort of like overlaps a lot with home inspections mm -hmm. so um so i do some sampling sort of it's more of a, like a client service than anything yeah uh, but there's companies who do just mold inspections and i consider that sort of different than what i do um there's also uh there's some sewer scope companies out here but we got a lot of old brittle like the like 80 percent of the houses i inspect have like you know a 80 year old waistline so it's like it, it gets a little bit i think a lot of inspectors locally are afraid to you know take off some of those covers and they're worried about damaging it that sort of thing so i would say that's an unpopular service in our area compared with other parts of the country not something you'd ever bring in house then i take it no not for me i thought about it but it seems like it'll be challenging you know yeah, if you're increasingly the bearer of ten to fifty thousand dollars of bad news, um, that that doesn't sound fun. No, yeah, I think it's. I think it would be even more valuable here. I think it's just like you, you, you'd want someone really experienced because I'm sure a lot can go wrong with these old yeah. waste systems when you're messing with them. Yeah. Now I asked the ancillary thing because um, obviously it's a theme. If everyone's doing half as many inspections. 40% of what they were doing last year and they haven't had add-ons. They're all scrambling, I think, to add them and to offer them because yeah, average inspection price, you'd like to see it go up obviously with transactions down um, to, to keep everybody healthy. Yeah. The thing, the thing that's hard about ancillary services is like, you know, you can't necessarily make someone care about certain things, you know? So I think if you're doing a good, job communicating about what you do offer then you're gonna get some extra services uh but at the same time like i've tried very hard in the past to like market radon to the general populace and they're like you know it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to sell you know it's like uh unless they you know when their neighbor gets a mitigation system put on they care you know they're like i need to have <laughs> Like for just the regular person, they're like radon, you know, so it, it can be a struggle to market some things. I think that's, that's a, a disadvantage of marketing diligence. It's like things that people need, like they can't go without are much easier to provide than things that like, it'd be a great idea to do this. You know, it's, it makes it more challenging for sure. Yeah. And it's like, you can give them the information, but then you don't want to be a fear monger, you know, telling them like, oh yeah, you're, you're going to die if you don't get a radon test. It's like, I can't prove that. So it's like, how do you give them info without scaring them? Because I know some, you know, fear sells, but at the same time, you don't want to embellish and, you know, have people get services they don't really need. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a huge, if you looked at what we could sell, you know, there's like all these people that waived inspections. There's this huge stock of people who like, they already waived and they should get an inspection. Right. But the reality is like those people are buying new couches before they're <laughs> paying for us to come through the house and make sure it's safe. And <laughs> you know, there, there is markets for that stuff. It's just, I think that's it's same as maintenance inspections, like, you know, inspections for people who already own the house, like home inspectors have been talking about that for years, but it's just one of those things like, you know, I'm not sure we, anyone's really figured it out perfectly you know it's it they're hard to hard to provide you believe it's a marketing problem or do you just think it's a human nature problem where like you said they, they're not going to give up their starbucks or new couches or tvs uh in favor of learning about their home <laughs> well i think you know new homeowners have a ton of expenses so that unless they're really compelling themselves that's a tough one but i like locally one thing we talk at, about at a lot of chapter meetings is like, you know, marketing these different uh, services to homeowners. Like we have a lot of information, like we can help homeowners. And it's like something we're trying to do as a group because until 
until you get like uh, an area thinking of like associating us with maintenance, then it's going to be hard to change that mentality. So I think it's something that might change at some point, but, um, but it's going to take like uh, sort of like working together as a community to, to make us make homeowners think, okay, I need this done. But I'm not sure if it like this person's telling me a, I need a roof like, you know, I'm going to call the home inspector to figure out if that's actually needs to be done. I think it takes like everyone thinking that way for it to work. And like I. I wrote into like fine, fine home building podcast uh, and was talking about this. They were talking about like how to diagnose this issue. And I'm like a home inspector is the perfect person to do this. And they they were kind of like. Dismissing. They they did read it and they were they weren't negative about it. Uh, I'm not trying to be judgmental of them, but the first thing that came up was like home inspectors, uh, you know, give a lot of bad information. So it's like it's something that like as a industry, we need to change over time, like by providing a higher level of service and letting people know that that's something we do. You know? Yeah, I mean that kind of blows my mind. Maybe I'm too close to it, and I've talked to too many good inspectors. So I'm biased, but yeah, I'm like shocked anyone outside the industry would think that because I'm like, oh my God, they're giving you like thousands of dollars worth of value for sometimes four or 500 bucks. It's the best deal. Yeah. Um, I, I think the way you approach your business and inspections is the key to maybe unlocking those maintenance inspections down the road through education, because then you're more of a consultant. They're, they're seeing you as someone that's kind of teaching them. And so like, if there was a chance, I think it would have to start with inspectors that have kind of your educational approach, because then you're laying the groundwork, I would think to say, Hey, I'm going to send you an email in 11 months. We can check in again. Happy to look at anything you need. Um, see if they take it. Who knows? Maybe it's a lost cause. Maybe, maybe like you said, we need mass adoption of it. Yeah. And you know, when I, every inspection I do, I tell the client, like, you can call me anytime, you know, when you buy the house five years from now, like call me, I don't, I don't care. And like, I think that's like a, not a common approach for home inspectors. It's like, I'm, I'm done. I, and there's a lot of benefit to it because I do get those types of calls. And I also like, if they have an engineer out or there's some sort of issue that I said to investigate further, like I, I hear the results of it and it helps me a lot too. So it's like, those conversations don't take a lot of time and they, they can be really valuable. So you know, it's just one of those things where uh, I can try to do it as a single business owner, but I think for us to be really successful in that area, like it would have to be the norm in like greater Boston. It's like everyone is providing consulting services. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every inspector needs to have a few handyman plumber that they have relationships with and know a track record of with reviews to be able to actually help the homeowner when they say, Oh, you're saying all this needs to be fixed. Can you do it? And the inspector's going to say no, but here's a few people that are, that I trust. Um, I, th I think that to me is a big missing link all the way back to the few home inspections I've had over the years. I just remember being frustrated saying like, you don't have any recommendations. You're just going to like, tell me, you know, you wipe your hands clean. You're not even going to try to help. And, um, I think that's where the liability consciousness sometimes prevents our industry from providing service because we're worried about um disclaiming ourselves yeah i think it is i think it is tough and um you know that like if you look at the ashy standards it it says explicitly that we're not going to profit off of contractors doing work on properties so you know it's it's been ingrained in I think the way home inspectors operate for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, it's one of those things where when people ask me to refer them something, it's like, I don't really want to, you know, I, I, I do. I mean, I give them the names of contractors and I, I try to find quality people, but you know, it's, uh, I think there is some advantage to being like a separate part of the process. Um, and, you know, it's sometimes it can work out good for the client. Sometimes it can work out bad. It's like, there's so many aspects to that problem. It's like, you know, if, 
if I, if I don't give you the name of a contractor and then you ask your realtor, like your realtor might give you someone who's like, they know is not going to make a big deal of anything. And, you know, they might just sort of like hire someone that they know takes care of problems for not a lot of money. And like, just to get past it. Um, and they probably see that as value from their perspective. They're like, this person can tr fix the problems that come up on the inspection and save you money, but they don't realize the quality of what they're doing. So right. um, it's, it's hard. It's like, I think, um, I think there's balance. I mean, for my company personally, like I want, uh, I want them to hire me as a home inspector and I don't really want to, make money in other ways you know that's just not my approach i think ruben saltzman i was listening to his podcast once and he said i want it to be clear to my clients like how i'm making money off of them like i don't want to yeah. so like there's services where people will charge to provide like an environmental report right um but you know like he just gives it away because he doesn't want to like be making like a few bucks here and a few bucks there and i think it's I'm not saying it's wrong to do so. I just think it's like, it depends on your mentality as a business owner and like what, what your approach is. And like, you know, to me, my whole business is based around helping the clients and giving them knowledge. So it's like, I can't, I can't very well say like, I'm not going to help you. You know, I have to try to provide them with information. Yeah. Yeah. Transparency to me is what it all goes back to. I mean, Ruben's great at that. Great communicator. You could tell it through his company. And yeah, I mean, they have a, I think a whole services division that they go out and fix things, but they're probably super transparent about it and tell you exactly what you're going to pay, who's going to do it. I believe most people react fine when you're transparent with them. So um, I want to be mindful of your time. I'll let you run here in a second, but just like for 2024, is there anything you're going to do different kind of coming into, you know, if you're, if you're looking ahead to next year, or is it more of a stick to the game plan of what's been working? Um, I would say, uh, I would say I'm just going to stick to the game plan really. I mean, um, I've, like I said, you know, the local marketing that I do, I think like I, I sort of enjoy that. So <laughs> that's going to remain to be my business i get what i've been doing more and more like at the stage i'm in with my company is just cutting off stuff i don't need it's like you know when you're new and you have all this time you kind of get so many things going and you're going in so many different directions it's like i'm really just trying to simplify my business like i feel very comfortable about you know the market share i have i i want to grow but i want to grow in the ways that i think are good ways to grow and things that I enjoy uh, putting time and effort into. And it's like, things come up now and again, and I'm just like, I don't need to do this. Like, you know, I'm just, yeah. this, you know, so I think I'm, I'm trying to simplify my business and hopefully, you know, it's sort of like simplifying my template. You know, when I do get busier as things recover, uh, you know, I won't have as many distractions as uh, I would have otherwise. So. I guarantee every inspector watching that's been in the business more than a couple of years can cut some of their template and comments. I hear that almost every week for seven years running now of like the the template can get bloated over the years. And I think streamlining and simplifying, this is the time to do it. Yeah. So that's a great call. Sure. All right, man. Hey, this has been fun. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I'm glad we finally made it happen. Um, hopefully, hopefully any of the, uh, Ashi New England members that watch this enjoyed it. And, uh, We'll make sure they, they get their shout outs. Appreciated. Thank you. Awesome, man. All right. Hey, we'll talk soon and um, finish the year strong. All right. Thank you. All right.